Welcome to the SDG Talks podcast, where we discuss all things around the sustainable development goals and the roadmap to 2030. We are your co-hosts, James and Kevin, here to take you along the SDG ride. We hope you enjoyed today's SDG Talks podcast. Now today is going to be a pretty special episode of the SDG Talks podcast because we're going to turn the tables. I'm still going to be sitting here in the host chair, but Kevin is actually going to be sitting in the guest chair. Um, so I'm going to be asking some Kevin some questions about his background and his life and how he got to where he is today working with uh, all these water projects. So I hope you enjoy. So yeah, man, I'm uh, I am your uh, your guest and you're the host, and I will be at your dis at your disposal. <laughs> all right, awesome, Kevin. So this is pretty funny that we have uh, both of us actually we're swapping roles now, right? Rather than just the two of us in separate podcasts we're actually getting to interview each other which is pretty nice to get to see a little bit behind the scenes who is this kevin guy how does he know so much about water where does he come from <laughs> i don't know the mystery <laughs> finally we, i can ask you some of the questions and then we'll do another episode where you can ask me some questions yeah man thank you i appreciate um, it look forward to it so you've done a lot of podcasts with uh with water related themes and you are the water guy so I was just wondering how you ended up with this title and where your affinity to water came from. Well, thank you. I actually think that we're all water guys and water women. Uh, if you think about it, our bodies are made of a majority consistency of water. You know, the world is majority water. Mm. Um, so inherently, we're all water people. But obviously, uh, I definitely have aligned my life and my passions around all things water. And I think a lot of it started just by the nature of where I was born. Um, I, I had the fortune to be born in Los Angeles, and I grew up on the Pacific Ocean. I would go surfing, I'd go on the beach, just put, put my toes in the sand and just loved all things the, the ocean. And my mother is from the Midwest in Wisconsin area, so I had the fortune in the summers to spend my time at the lakes in the Midwest of America. And the lakes in the Midwest are just some of the most beautiful, pristine, amazing lakes. And I grew up very, uh, with very fond memories of fishing, of canoeing, kayaking, my relationship with the water. And it always brought my family together. In college, when I started studying more about geopolitical issues of water, mm -hmm. uh, particularly dam construction was something that always fascinated me about, you think your hydro is a good thing, but a lot of ways dams, building a dam is like putting a, you know, a heart attack in an artery, you know, it's it just, it's a block in, in, a, in a body, in a, in a functioning ecosystem. And there's all these different social and economic impacts. So I really grew fascinated, particularly by, let's say like Chinese dam construction on any impact on like Laos and Cambodia. You know, I could spend an hour talking about that. And this was all in your university days? Yeah, all in university days. Um, and, and then it was when I was a junior in college, where I had the opportunity to study abroad. And that's when I went to Africa for the first time. Um, and I think seeing open sanitation, open sewage systems and very unsanitary living conditions in the town of Takaradi, Ghana, that really opened my eyes. Um, you know, I grew up a very, you know, very privileged having a lot of things uh, in front of me uh, in terms of resources and opportunities, but I never had actually seen life outside of America at that point. And I think that's when I realized that it was like, wow, I want to do whatever is possible to 
help others who don't have access to water. You know, it was really at that moment that I made that commitment for the rest of my life. So that was in what, that was almost 10 years ago, where from a, a business and social and everything aspect that I was like, I'm going to start doing some water stuff and figure out how I can make this work. You work a little bit in Africa now. I know you're not physically there, but do you think that some of the projects that you've started leading through Responsible, your water charity, your not-for-profit organization, which we can get through and we can get into in just a minute, do you think a lot of that, the reason why you have a bit of an Africa focus, I might be wrong here, because of your first trip? Uh, definitely to some aspect, for sure. And, and as you alluded, I you know could have kept rambling about my water story, but didn't want to bore people. But yeah, I knew and I wanted to start an organization to help raise funds and awareness for water projects. So uh, about two years ago, I started an organization that started off as a nonprofit and I'm sort of evolving into more of a social impact business mm. where we raise funds and awareness by buying and selling arts and craft goods and reinvesting those profits into water projects. I'm doing, right now I'm working on projects in Ghana, in Kenya, in Guatemala, in Flint, Michigan, uh, Nepal, in India. Um, and I, I just finished one in Indonesia and Mexico City. Um, and some of them range from a, a $1,000 uh, rainwater capture system to a project in Kenya where we're installing a, uh, a well and a solar wind-powered water system. You know, it just, it, it, I think everywhere has its own water problems. And I, I, I'm a big believer in, in wanting to um, bring the best solution to that local geography um, that really works for them. Mm -hmm. How do you how do you find all of these local challenges and and these sort of opportunities for solutions and you know how how did you find out about Guatemala or how did you even start that project or well I've I as I was getting into the nonprofit world I I actually really got kind of upset with a lot of the different water charities and water organizations in that granted I am totally supportive and God bless anyone that's doing anything to help someone else I really mm -hmm. do appreciate that. Having said that, there's a lot of big organizations that just have ungodly amounts of overhead and a lot of work where they just go to install a water well or something just to take pictures on social media and feel good. Mm -hmm. um, so that was, to me, something that caused me to think, well, I want to find the groups that are doing really good work. Um, and that's where I fortunately got connected to a couple small scale water charities that are doing really good work. And, and, and kind of my goal is to raise awareness for those groups, but particularly define very specific projects around their work and then figure out how we can then define the project and fund it. So for Guatemala, for example, I'm working with an organization called H2 Open Doors. Their, their main focus is, is social enterprise and empowering local communities to establish businesses by taking dirty water, turning into clean water, packaging it and selling it, and then reinvesting the profits into people who operate the business, most of that time female operated business, as well as reinvesting those profits into social services. So kind of to, to your, back to your question, like I think that there are problems in every community and there are very small scale groups in every community doing the work um, and it's my goal to find every local group that's doing work and I, I want to validate them. And then I want to help them raise money and raise awareness and get to work and do some water projects with them. Mm -hmm. And I've seen, I mean, a lot of that's, 
your marketing and social media and stuff and you're really good on instagram and linkedin and getting all your posts out there um i certainly love your content on instagram and would you say that the the kind of would you connect them with um, people in the States quite often then if you're looking to raise capital for a certain project? I've found that there's a lot of ways to find money. Uh, some mm -hmm. are easier than others and a lot of it definitely depends on who's doing the work and what's the story. Mm -hmm. But I, I, you know, I've found three methods right now that have seemed to work for some of the partners we're working with. Um, one, I, I buy and sell wristbands that we can raise for their projects. Uh, two, uh, leverage the internet and we create content and we align a campaign on those a crowdfunding campaign. So I use GoFundMe and Indiegogo. And, we and, and people, people can't see this, but I'm holding up my wristband right now. The, uh, the one you gave me in China in Shenzhen and, uh, unleash. <laughs> and, the, and the purpose of the wristband is just a little reminder that lives on your wrist to pay it forward. You as an individual, you can buy something that's empowering others. You're, you're empowering female artisans, you're raising funds for water project, but the little things like that, what, what can James and Kevin do today to make an impact? And, you know, part of that's using less one-time plastic. Uh, it's mm. eating less red meat. It is shopping locally. Um, it's, you know, those little things that may seem minute, but when you do a lot of these things on the micro, when that when you're doing at the macro, it makes a big impact. Mm -hmm. um, so that that's a lot of the responsible um, kind of image to the individual user, you know. And then I guess just to continue on the the funding side, the wristbands are one. Crowdfunding is two, and then the third, and this is where I've I've found the most success is aligning specific projects around corporate sponsorship initiatives, and within that, it's it's a Hey, like right now we're working with Abdullah and the Youth um, Africa Initiative, and I've, I've already found a couple different very exciting corporate donors that want to support this project in Ghana. You know, and these these are potentially donors of one to five thousand dollars each, um, and, and with that, it's creating a very coherent pitch deck and showing, hey, this is the story. Here's what we're going to do. Here's here's doing the work, um, and and ask. Uh, you know, it, there's. We don't really have the luxury of millions of dollars at disposal, but that that's that's just the current model now. I'm also exploring other investment funds that are focused on social impact, environmental needs. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's that's kind of where I want to live. In that, there's a lot of groups that want to do good work, but they need help with awareness and funding, and mm -hmm. I can help uh, create the the story and create the content and and do our best to find the different funding sources to then really go do the work in the field oh, and it's just awesome and it's cool that you mentioned abdullah someone else you met at unleashed i didn't realize that you'd already now taken this on to, to something else and something more concrete which is just awesome i guess you'd said already that a lot of these problems are global and they're not just in foreign countries away from the us or away from europe or whatever um and you'd mentioned flint and you're already doing a project in flint and, and i'm sure that was what you centered your uh, your problem around it in, in Unleash when we were in China. And I was just wondering if you give us some more background on that crisis itself and kind of how you are trying to deal with it or, or what your approach is to bringing yeah, a solution. Absolutely. And, and I've, I've been working in Flint now for a little over two years. And with that, 
I initially started purely as a charity model where we defined the problem, we funded for the solution, implemented the solution, and I've been in, in the charity realm and I, I've, I've helped raise over $200,000 for charity projects. And I'm proud of that. But I also realized that funding and fundraising is a slog. Um, and, and I guess just to, before I get into that, it's, you know, within Flint, the problem is, is not necessarily the water quality from the water municipal plant, it's in the water distribution. Um, and so a lot of the pipes are dilapidated, particularly the service lines, and you have lead leaching into homes. And so you have a lot of families that are buying bottled water. You have families that don't trust the water sources. And it's just, you have a lot of people that, if anything, are just living a life in fear where they can't use the water, they can't have bath time with their kids. Um, so our solution from a charity model initially is installing point of entry, whole entire household filters that mm -hmm. capture the lead, remove the lead, and then also self-clean itself so it prevents any legionnaires from developing. And, and that is ultimately allowing the whole house or whole building to have access to water for cooking, cleaning, drinking, all things hygiene. Great model, uh, but also it just requires a lot of fundraising and a lot of mm -hmm. shaking. And at Unleash, we, we started to think about how can we change this model? Um, to go from a charity model to a business model. Um, so our solution was actually a business model innovation where we would combine the installation of point of entry water systems, water treatment systems, yeah. along yeah. with ongoing water quality testing at the household and offer that as a service um, to where we could go to a home or a building and state, hey, for $50 a month, you get access to the installation of a point of entry unit and ongoing water quality testing data that's specific to your home. You don't need to pay the full capital expense up front. Um, here's a subscription model, you know, still figuring out the cost and the timeline of it. Um, but basically saying to a homeowner, you can pay this as like a Netflix subscription model and you can guarantee that you, it's, it's not just me, this dude from the outside saying you have safe water, but it's, here's the technology here's how it works, and then here's water quality data specific to your home that shows you how it works. So right now I'm in the process of continuing to move that concept along where I'm actually redefining a new pitch deck for it and looking to get investors to help us implement a pilot program of 100 houses um, within the next three to six months. Um, granted, Corona is kind of throwing everything into a, a, a curve, mm -hmm. but you know that doesn't stop the fact that people in Flint and people around the world still don't have access to water. So I, I think it's now more important than ever to continue to, to find new innovations to push yeah. these SDGs forward right now. And I think it's, it's really cool that it doesn't have to, well, actually two things I think quite interesting. One being that you quite often think of, um, you know, water distribution and water systems in somewhere like the U S as being, you'd imagine it to be state of the art and almost, to use something like um, cleaners at the point of entry in each home almost seems like something you'd imagine more in the developing world. And actually to find out that, I mean, this was new to me, you know, when I first met you, I really didn't know much about the situation, but the fact that these old lead systems are really at the end of life now and it's affecting you know, hundreds of thousands of people. And yeah, America's a, lot more a country America's like America. A lot more, with the, yeah, sorry, America's a lot more developing than people realize. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In many, many, many different ways. But also interesting that, you know, it doesn't have to be some amazing reverse osmosis filter that you've come up with. It's something as simple as saying like, okay, let's just innovate a new business model here. And I really like, you know, the, the Netflix subscription concept, right? It's just like, this is just another phone bill, just throw it on top. And it's a way that you can deal with this issue. Um, and we can all be winners here without us having to reinvent the wheel or anything crazy like that. So you'd mentioned at the end uh, just there that you yeah, you like to tie things into the SDG framework. Do you only really work with projects that are related to water in terms of the SDGs or do you see it um, breaking into different components of the sort of 17 yeah. pillars? Yeah, me, me personally, I I love learning and advocating for all of these. You know, that's one reason why we started this podcast is to talk about all 17 SDGs, who's doing it, uh, who's working on these, what's, what are opportunities for funding out there, um, how can we facilitate connections faster? That's one of the most important reasons why we created this podcast is because Unleash was great, but it's only like five, seven days. Like what about every other day of the year? So mm. to me, they're all important, um, but within my work, I think the SDGs, it's good they created 17 of them, but they're all interconnected. And we found mm. that out at Unleash where I, you know, partnerships are the goals. Like that's all I live for is partnerships, you know, uh, climate action, a lot of the work of like, how do we get away from one time use plastics and moving everything everywhere? Like that's tied into it, you know, reduce inequalities, sustainable cities. Like a lot of the work we're doing in Flint is directly tied into that. But then within the responsible context of the projects we fund and support, frankly, uh, a lot of the work too ties into access to clean energy, you know, and that's very simple solar panels and battery banks and solar powered lights and solar powered uh, heaters or fans. So those, those are, that to me is something that's really tied in. And then, you know, another big thing to, for me is, is education. Um, I'm a big believer in, um, there's a couple really cool off the shelf, you know, there's a system called the Rachel and it's basically just this off grid decentralized wireless hub of information. So you mm-hmm. could have just a smartphone and you could connect to this hub and it has access to immense amount of curriculum, you know, allows like a, a classroom that has no infrastructure to now have access to a wide range of information. Um, so with H2 Open Doors, we've now implemented a lot of these decentralized wireless classroom information. And, and in that too, I'm, I'm very passionate about virtual reality and 360 video. Um, so much cool create to educate kids and invoke empathy, you know, invoke courage and passion. Um, and we can do it through using smartphones and we can use it using, um, very low cost headsets. Mm -hmm. Um, To me, anything that's aligned with improving the livelihood of those in need are things that I'm willing to support. Water is obviously the cornerstone. Yeah. Well, as we know, water, water is life. So everything comes from water, right? Yeah. And I, we'd argue XCG six is, is the most important, but you know, they're all the most important. Yeah. And they're all, they're all inter interdependent and so connected in so many different ways. So you can never really pin one above any of the others. Man, Kevin, that was awesome. I, um, it was really, really nice for us to get to, to chat and to hear, I mean, more from just yourself rather than just listening to you uh, when I'm sitting on the spinning bike in the morning in the gym, talking to <laughs> other unleashers. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, no, it's, it's been a pleasure and an honor to to meet you and, and, and all the other fellow people from Unleashed, but also just the, the general term change makers. Um, mm. I love listening to people that are passionate about helping others. And um, it's both your and mine goal to help get the word out. So um, for those of you that have an idea that are working organizations that are doing anything aligned with helping others, I want to hear about it. Um, you know, reach out to reach out to us. On we want to, we want to hear about it. Yeah. We want to hear about it. We want to talk. About <laughs> it. And, um, you know, James, I appreciate your participation to be a fellow co-host within this SDG talks effort. Yeah, man. It's been awesome. So thank you very much for today. And, um, we'll have more to share, uh, when we can swap roles. Thanks for listening to the SDG Talks podcast. Make sure to check out all the show notes for relevant links from this show. Please share and follow SDG Talks on social media and stay tuned for updates from the Unleash and United Nations community. The goal of SDG Talks is to bring you value. So if you want to learn about something specific or have suggestions, please let us know. We look forward to seeing you next time on SDG Talks.